Today is May 1st. 1st of May. Man, this year has just gone right by. I'm telling you what, we're, what is that? Uh, we're one third of the way through. Four is three. Yeah, one third of the way th through the year already. Let's see here. Uh, this is the CG Prophecy Report. Goodbye, Black Boy Clock. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, let's see here. We've got to, just so everybody knows, if you want, if you're on Twitter, I left there when they were banning everybody and just you know censoring everybody. But now that Musk is back on, they've started to actually show the true numbers of followers. Uh, the Democrats have lost numerous, numerous followers over the past weeks or probably past five days. And conservatives that have been shadow banned for years suddenly have two and three hundred thousand more followers than they had the day before. So it tells you that uh, they are afraid of being caught and they're doing these things now. And I thought, well, I'll go back on Twitter. And uh, if the deal does not go through, then I'll be off again. But if the deal goes through, I will remain there. It's Charlie Garrett at the Superior Word. So if you want to hook up with me, great. Um, I don't go there a lot. Usually it's just stuff that the church automatically sends out. And that is not currently set up. But it's I'm there on Twitter just in case. And then um, we have the CG Report website. It's T H E C G R E P O R T dot com. The CG Report dot com. And uh, that's been up for a couple of weeks. And every day, usually twice a day, I post new news articles to it. So if you want to follow along there. And uh, Sergio is going to be making some changes to it, some interesting additions and some formatting changes that people have asked for. He hasn't been able to for the past uh, seven days because he's been at a wedding. Yes, Arab weddings in Israel go on for a week. And they don't go on just for an hour in the afternoon. They go on all day and all night for a week. And so he's been, he's been totally consumed by that. And about every hour or so, he'll send me a, a video of people dancing. And then an hour later, there's more people dancing. And it's the same people. They just never stop. They just go. Because it's big Arab weddings. And uh, so anyway, there you go with that. And um, so please go to the cgreport.com and be sure to share that because, uh, you know, people are starting to find it, uh, but it would be nice to be able to have that shared and eventually uh, turn into something that is worth maintaining. Um, okay, so from Israel, we got some news from Israel today. From Globes, Israel ranked as world's eighth largest nuclear power. Okay, every year Globes does this, and I think they were eighth last year as well. But according to a report published by the American Federation of Scientists entitled Status of World Nuclear Forces, Israel is the world's eighth largest nuclear power. The estimated global nuclear warhead inventories in 2022 are dominated by the U.S. and Russia, which have 5,428 and 5,977 nuclear warheads, respectively out of 13,000 nuclear warheads worldwide. So you can see that's almost all of them. China has 350 nuclear warheads, France 290, the UK 225, Pakistan 165, India 160, Israel, they believe, because it's never been confirmed, okay, but they believe it is 90, and North Korea 20. Iran is striving to become the world's 10th nuclear power with the current administration. That's pretty much a given, I think. 
uh, let's see here, in 1987, during the later stages of the Cold War, there were more than 70,000 nuclear warheads worldwide, 5.5 times the number today. A lot of that was taken care of during the Reagan years with the salt reduction treaties and so on. And eventually we've got us down to a level where the world will not completely destroy itself, but it's still enough to do a, a lot of damage. The U.S. is still reducing its nuclear stockpile slowly. France and Israel have re relatively stable inventories, but China, India, North Korea, Pakistan, and the UK, as well as possibly Russia, are all thought to be increasing their stockpiles. Uh, the U.S. has decided that instead of having uh, large strategic nuclear weapons and, you know, countless numbers of them, they've gone to tactical nuclear weapons and weapons that are more powerful that are smaller. And so it's all just a, a game at this point, because if Russia was to attack the U.S., Russia would cease to exist a couple hours later anyway. So, you know, and that's coming. I mean, Isaiah says that I'm going to make man rarer than fine gold. So the earth is going to implode one of these days. But for right now, that's Israel at apparently 90 nuclear warheads, and they're number eight in the world. Jerusalem Post, Israel adds Chinese renminbi to central bank reserves for the first time, cuts U.S. dollar holdings. Israel has added four new currencies, including the Chinese yuan, to its central bank holdings for the first time in the country's history. Israel's central bank will also trim U.S. dollars and euro holdings in a bid to diversify their foreign reserves. Israel's foreign currency reserves, which last year exceeded $200 billion for the first time, have traditionally been made up of U.S. dollars, euro, and British pound holdings. Israel will now include Canadian dollars and Australian dollars in their foreign currency reserves, as well as the Japanese yen and Chinese renminbi. Deputy Governor Andrew Abir called the reshuffle a change in Israel's whole investment guidelines and philosophy, adding that the rise in Israel's foreign exchange reserves forced the central bank to consider the need to earn a return on the reserves that will cover the costs of liability. The central bank, which as recently as 2020 held 67.4% of its foreign exchange in U.S. dollars, 30.1% in euros and 2.5% in British pounds, now plans to have British pound and Japanese yen account for 5% each. The Chinese yuan will account for 2% of their holdings. It's still not much, but it's a move into the Israeli market with that. While the currencies of Canada and Australia will weigh at 3.5% each, a reduction in U.S. dollars and euro holdings is planned in order to make room for the new reserves being held. So it's just they want to more diversify instead of having all their eggs in one basket. U.S. dollar holdings will go from 66.5% to 61%. Okay, China has pushed for a larger role in the foreign exchange sphere for their currency, the renminbi, with limited success. IMF data shows that the RMB's share of global currency reserves rose to a record of 2.79% by the end of 2021. So the yuan is getting more valuable around the world. People are starting to invest in it. And this is a lot to do with the um, China, you know, the Belt and Road initiatives and things like that. And so we'll see where that goes. But they have not really de-dollarized as much as the article, you know, the headline of the article wants you to think. In the end, they're 
still holding on to a great deal of U.S. dollars. And if America implodes, it would greatly affect Israel at this time. So my guess is that in the years ahead, they are going to be getting more and more of these other currencies, and they're going to be getting less and less of the dollar because the end of the dollar is inevitable. It's the way we're spending money and the way that we're handling foreign policy and our border policy. Things cannot last the way they are. Anyway, there you go. Um, From Christianity here, I would like to announce before I give you our first article from Christian News that um, there is a guy in the Philippines. He's been a missionary for years, and he's, uh, you know, pastored some small churches and stuff. Um, his name is um, Dennis Compton, and he now has cancer, and he is not doing well. And his son, uh, his wife sent me the email, his son uh, has done a GoFundMe fundraiser. And if you can help them, they have about, I think it was $30,000 in bills that they need to pay. Um, It's fundraiser by Nathaniel Nigel Compton, Help Save My Dad. Okay. It's got all the information on there. It's on GoFundMe. If you can't find the link, go ahead and email me and I can send you that link. But um, the guy just, you know, he's in the Philippines. He's been there for years and years and he's in need of medical treatment. So if you can help, please do. From the Jerusalem Post today, Putin demands Russia gain control of Jerusalem church as promised. President Putin demanded that Israel grant his country control of the Alexander Courtyard in Jerusalem as the previous Israeli government had promised in a letter delivered to Prime Minister Bennett. Putin's letter came barely a day after the foreign ministry in Moscow slammed Foreign Minister Lapid for accusing Russia of war crimes in the Ukraine, saying that Israel is using Ukraine to cover up for its own conflict with the Palestinians. The Russian Foreign Ministry also summoned Israeli Ambassador Ben Zvi for a reprimand. Transferring the ownership of the church land could cause diplomatic trouble for Israel at a time when its Western allies have been sanctioning Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. Things are not going well between the two of them right now. It started out okay and it's kind of been going downhill. The Alexander Courtyard, also known as the Alexander Nevsky Church and the Cathedral of the Holy Trinity, is in the Christian quarter of Jerusalem's old city. Former Prime Minister Netanyahu promised Putin that Russia could take over the landmark in 2020 as one of a series of gestures meant to help free Naama Issachar, an Israeli woman held in Russian jail on drug charges. Soon after, Israel's land registry commissioner listed the Russian government as the owner of the church. The courtyard had been part of a dispute between Orthodox Church organizations, Jerusalem District Court Judge Kaduri canceled the transfer of ownership to the Russian government in March. The Israeli government argued that the Russian Federation is the successor of the Russian imperial government, which was registered as the owner during Ottoman rule. The Orthodox Palestine Society of the Holy Land, which owned the site until it was granted to the current Russian government, sued, arguing that the transfer of ownership was political Kaduri said that Prime Minister Bennett would have to decide because it's a diplomatic matter. Former Russian Prime Minister Stefeshin, chairman of the Imperial Orthodox Palestinian Society, said during a visit to Israel in recent days that Russia is fighting for a return of the compound, and it is very difficult. Stefeshin accused Israel of playing both sides, playing ping pong on the issue. 
So that could cause a lot of problems. When you have a little bit of land in Jerusalem, it's worth a lot of diplomatic power. And so we'll see where that goes. But I had not heard of any of that until this article from Newsmax. Biden plans to rescind, of course he does, Trump conscience rule for health workers. You have no conscience at all as a health worker, according to the administration. The Biden admin is in the process of getting rid of a rule from the Trump admin that permits medical workers to refuse to provide services that conflict with their religious or moral convictions. The policy change is underway and could come as soon as the end of this month. The move has taken on more urgency as many Republican-led states are in the process of limiting access to abortions and transgender care. Now, you have no right to say, I oppose this. If somebody wants to come in and have this surgery, you have to perform it, according to the government. As a result, many progressive advocacy groups are urging the federal government to take action in order to defend the rights of patients. Now, the thing about this is, is that there are plenty of doctors that do these operations. This has nothing to do with getting access to health care. This has everything to do with taking away the rights of believers. The plans are currently under review at the OMB, which is usually the final step before regulation change under consideration goes public. The so-called conscience rule was finalized in 2019, but was never implemented as it was blocked by federal courts after a lawsuit was filed by dozens of states, cities, and advocacy groups. Had it been implemented, the conscience rule would have permitted health workers to refuse to provide abortions, contraception, gender-affirming care, or any procedure to which they object on moral grounds. Even though it never took effect, getting rid of the rule is viewed by progressive advocates as a major step in dismantling the Trump admin's policy on reproductive rights. So they're worrying over something that never actually became a law, but it would be that much easier for it to become a law if Trump came back in. So they're trying to get rid of any vestiges of what he has done so that it's all the harder in the future to undo it again. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From Al Jazeera, Russians unlikely to leave Libya despite Ukraine war. This is important because we know that Libya is one of the final cogs in the wheel that needs to happen before the Gog-Magog coalition comes down. Russia's Wagner Group, a shadowy paramilitary organization tied to the Kremlin, has played a significant role in Libya. Supporting renegade military commander Khalifa Haftar's self-styled LNA in the country's civil war. Western observers have begun wondering in recent weeks whether Wagner forces would be withdrawing from Libya to instead focus on supporting Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, although Moscow might need to adjust and reconfigure its mission in Libya. There's good reason to expect the Russians to continue their campaign, which has served to shape the security architecture of Libya's east. They don't want to give up on Libya. They do not want to because it's a very important thing, a commodity for them, if they can get control of it, where Haftar is based and entrench itself. Before February 24th, there was no indication that the clandestine Russian mission in Libya was withdrawing, shrinking, or anything of the sort. It was rather quiet. The Libyans who live near Russian bases got used to seeing some Russians at the grocery store. Some camps, bases, and air bases are known to be fully controlled by Russians. In those particular cases, even the LNA itself sometimes needs to get permission before entering the base. While there are some unconfirmed reports that Russian mercenaries have been withdrawn from the country to fight in the Ukraine, the majority have remained. 
the number of Russian fighters who made their way to Ukraine would probably be, be tiny as the Kremlin wants to have a stake in Libya's future and needs these foreign mercenaries to maintain their hold on the country. Sustaining a military presence in Libya is key to Russia's agendas elsewhere on the African continent, especially in the Sahel region. In late 2021 and early 2022, for example, Russian planes transported armed personnel and arms from Syria to Mali via an airbase near Benghazi. So it's a staging area as well, not just the, the oil and other things. It's a staging area for flights. You clearly have reliance on the perennial and permanent character of the Russian footprint in Libya. It wasn't about to shrink. Even a reduction, the modest drawdown of probably three or 400 individuals is not the end of the mission. It doesn't presage, announce, or augur capitulation. They're gonna stay, that's my guess, and they're gonna continue to grow there. I, that's just what I think is gonna happen. Uh, now something interesting from Mongolia. Economic Times. India assures Mongolia of help in space, telecom, and energy sectors. The assurance was extended during last week's visit of Deputy NSA Misri, who called on President of Mongolia. Misri is understood to have given assurance on the timely completion of the oil refinery project being built with Indian assistance. Mongolia is the beneficiary of India's single largest LOC for construction of $1,236,000,000 oil oil refinery project in Dorno-Gobi province, capable of producing 1.5 million MTA of oil, roughly three quarters of the domestic country's consumption. It is expected to be completed by the end of this year, and engineers India Limited are part of the project. The refinery will address 75% of Mongolia's requirements. The country sources its fossil fuel from its biggest neighbor and traditional ally, Russia. India is also assisting Mongolia to build its railway and power infrastructure to help transport Mongolia's mineral wealth, according to persons familiar with the development. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. What's up in that regard? From next government... China's record-shattering processor. We're always talking about these uh, supercomputers and how fast they are. Listen to this. The last one was like zillions of times more powerful than the one that came out 10 minutes earlier. Listen to this. Record-shattering processor is 1 million times faster than what Google achieved three years ago. China may have taken the lead in the race to practical quantum computing with a recent announcement that it has shattered a record for solving a complex problem. In 2019, Google reported that its 53-qubit Sycamore processor had completed in 3.3 minutes a task that would have taken a traditional supercomputer at least 2.5 days. So from 2.5 days down to 3.3 minutes, last October, China's 66-qubit I can't pronounce it, quantum processor reportedly completed the same task one million times faster. Traditional supercomputers like those of the U.S. military and the PLA's 56 Research Institute are used to conduct complex simulations for equipment design, process images, and signals to spot, ta to spot targets and points of interest, and analyze oceans of data to understand hidden trends and connections. But some tasks remain time and resource intensive, for even the tiniest computing bits require time to flip between one 
and zero. This is how your computer works. It could, everything is a one or a zero, right? Superconducting quantum computers can bypass physical limits by creating a superposition of the one and zero values. Essentially, standard computing bits must be either a one or a zero, but in extremely low temperatures, the physical properties of matter undergo significant changes. Superconducting quantum computers take advantage of these changes to create qubits, which are known as quantum bits, which are not limited by the processing hurdles that traditional computers face. Qubits can be both one or zero simultaneously. This promises to speed up computing immensely, enabling assaults on henceforth uncrackable problems like decrypting currently unbreakable codes, pushing AI and machine learning to new heights, and designing entirely new materials, chemicals, and medicines. The world's scientific and military powers are spending billions of dollars in the race to turn this promise into reality. China has notched several notable advancements in recent years. And you know, the more you develop, the quicker you will continue to develop. That's been proven in everything. So my guess is that because they're ahead now, they're just going to keep getting more and more ahead. We'll see where it goes. Okay. It is a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues that the book of Revelation prophesies of. What's up with that? From GB News. Hepatitis numbers in children may be, last week I brought this up, children all over are suddenly getting hepatitis and they don't know why. And the one thing they never mentioned is, okay, it may be the tip of the iceberg as first death confirmed by the World Health Organization. So they had a death already. The hepatitis outbreak is believed to have spread to 12 different countries. Last week, I think it was three, with Britain experiencing the most cases with 114, okay? I think it was last week, 75. So it's going up very quickly. And then a couple days later, Epic Times, almost 200 cases of mystery hepatitis in children worldwide, reaching Canada and Japan, say reports. So this is something that isn't just, oh, I got hepatitis from, you know, sneezing on somebody else or somebody else sneezing on me. That This isn't it. This is, there's a common denominator that has been spread around the world recently and it's affecting children. What do you think that is? Of course, that has been denied by the CDC. They came out with an article, I think it was yesterday morning and said, that has nothing to do with it. Well, tell us what it is then. What is it that's suddenly causing children to have hepatitis all over the world and needing liver transplants and even killing some of them. You tell me. Gateway Pundit. Madrid's deputy minister for public health claims cases of hepatitis on young kids might be related to, yes, they say, this is from Madrid's deputy minister for public health claims, COVID-19 vaccine. They've come out and said it. CDC immediately came out and said, oh, no, 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 no. Epic Times. Scientists discover heart inflammation more prevalent among vaccinated than unvaccinated. Rates of myocarditis or pericarditis, two types of heart inflammation, are above the levels in an unvaccinated cohort pegged at 38 per 100,000 after receipt of a second dose of a vaccine built on mRNA technology in males aged 16 to 24. The group studies have shown are the most at risk of the post-vaccination condition. Researchers with health agencies in Finland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway found. Four countries have found this out, okay? These extra cases among men aged 16 to 24 correspond to a five times increased risk 
after the Pfizer and 15 times increased risk after Spikevax, which is Moderna, compared to the unvaccinated. Now, these are things that are undeniable. These are people that are researching and doing this. Okay, but it's deniable here in the United States of America. Georgia Star News. Activist aviator says a cardiologist tells him 30 percent. You ought to be reassured. Who's flying out? You're flying out in the next couple of days. And uh, anybody else flying out? I know you are. Okay, this ought to reassure you. Activist aviator says cardiologist tells him 30 percent of vaccinated pilots would fail health screenings due to vaccine injuries. I don't know if you saw the guy that was landing his plane this past week. It was about a week and a half ago, and he had a major heart incident while he was landing a jet with lots of people on it. 30% of the pilots out there. CP24. Toronto Zoo begins, listen, this is just unbelievable. Toronto Zoo begins vaccinating some of its animals against COVID-19. But it gets better. Listen to this. The zoo says that it has received 320 doses of the Zoetis vaccine, which has been developed specifically for use in animals. It says that about 60 animals have received the vaccine already, with another 60 or so expected to in the days and weeks ahead. Here it is. The animals will eventually receive two shots with the doses separated by two to three weeks. These are voluntary inoculations. The animals choose to come over and interact with the animal care staff and then are delivered the vaccine. Some days they participate. Some days they don't. So you just hold their food until they need food and then they come over and, you know, okay. So these are voluntary inoculations. All right. So we'll keep working at it until we get all 120 inoculated. So are they voluntary if they are going to get them all inoculated eventually? The whole thing is just bizarre. In the video, staff explain how members of the wildlife care team train the animals to voluntarily present an area of the body for a pretend poke by rewarding them with a treat. And so they turn around, they get a treat, and then they pretend poke it and they say, oh, that wasn't bad. I'll take my shot now. So it's all voluntary. (laughs) Yeah, why aren't they wearing masks? That's exactly right. From Timcast. Strange trend, I brought this up a week ago and I thought I'd give you some of the information on it. Strange trend of food processing plant fires appears across the United States. Now, just so you know, most of these articles, not all of them, but most of these are to be found throughout the week on the CG report. So if you want to see what's going on, I try to update it twice a day, every day, except Monday, I'm typing sermons all day. I'll get it in the evening and maybe on Sunday, I'll get it in the morning and not in the evening. But that's about it. The rest of the week, you're going to have new news all day, every day. Okay. There's been an outbreak of fires in food processing facilities across the nation in the last six months as food prices soar and supply chains are stressed to their limits. The fires began showing up regularly in the news after a fire closed a Tyson Foods meat processing plant in Kansas. The location was a primary beef processing location for the company and U.S. supply chain, providing about 6% of U.S. beef, 6%. After the fire, analysts began speculating that the impact could drive up market prices for meat nationwide. Dan Norsini, part of the beef and poultry trading market, said the cattle market would likely respond negatively to news of the fire. He said the long-term impact would depend on how long the plant stays closed. Just days later, in August of 2021, the Patak at Processing Facility burned near Atlanta. 
The fire in Georgia barely had a minor impact on the food supply chain nationwide. But in September, a fire at JBS USA, a meat processing facility in Nebraska, threatened the meat supply for the entire nation profoundly. The plant reportedly processes about 5% of the nation's beef, and closure would directly impact the supply chain. The trend has continued repeatedly through the end of 2021 and into 2022. At least 16 such disasters have taken place at food processing facilities nationwide. While most of the incidents have shown no foul play after investigation, the trend presents a curious string of events across the country. From Nine News, tens of thousands of birds euthanized after avian flu found in two Colorado counties. So it is now spreading out west. So this is all over the country. It goes from the east coast and it's almost out as far as, where was that? That was Colorado. So that's halfway across, I guess, Colorado, halfway. Okay, a little further than halfway, I've been told. I ought to know these things, but I've just not got a big enough brain to retain all the stuff I should retain. Okay, morality is declining. Here's some news on that. From GB News, Plymouth University tells female students, this is in the UK, Plymouth University tells female students not to complain about male-bodied students in their toilet. Yes, the university erected signs in both the male and female toilets urging students to carry on with your day without complaining, staring, or insulting any trans, non-binary, or gender-questioning students. The sign reads, you are welcome here. Do you think someone is using the wrong bathroom? Please don't challenge them, stare at them, or insult them. Instead, please respect their privacy, respect their identity, carry on with your day. They're using the toilet they feel safe in. Well, my question is, what about the people that don't feel safe that have to put up with this as well? Whose rights are being taken away? That's the question. Do not make them feel uncomfortable. Instead, protect them from harm when they are the ones that are facing harm. Breitbart. Disney is the worst performing Dow Jones stock of the past year, plummeting more than 30%. Yes, good. Epic Times. That was earlier in the week, but I still included it because it made me happy. (laughs) Okay, from the Epic Times. California bill to prevent some pregnancy loss prosecutions advances. This is still a bill. It hasn't been approved, but knowing California, it will go through. Listen to what this will allow. A proposed bill that the author said would protect women against criminal prosecution following the death of their baby due to self-induced abortion miscarriage, or other causes was approved by a vote of 11 to 3 by an assembly committee on April 19th. The bill covers what's known as the perinatal time of pregnancy, which is generally between 22 weeks of pregnancy and seven days after birth. According to the bill analysis, if signed into law, would remove the coroner's right to investigate and determine deaths following a self-induced abortion and would prohibit using coroner's statements on death certificates to prosecute cases. So they can murder their child seven days, according to this bill, seven days after it being born, and a coroner cannot inspect that body. Some other news from around the world. And please, as I say each week, be sure to check out the Superior Word sermons. From the Epic Times. Supreme Court declines to block high schools' admission policies in suit alleging racial discrimination. 
SCOTUS declined to temporarily block the admissions policy of a prestigious high school in Northern Virginia after the policy was accused of being discriminatory against Asian Americans. The nine-member high court on Monday denied coalition for TJ's request and gave no explanation for doing so. Justices Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas said in the brief court order they would have blocked the school's admissions policy for now. The school board recently adopted a new admissions process that ended a standardized testing requirement and also guaranteed seats for the top students from each public middle school in the surrounding area. Asian Americans comprise the majority, more than 70% of the school's student body. After the new policy was adopted, Asian American representation decreased to 54%. Now, these people have families that promote learning. They promote applying yourself, and they are being punished by these schools, and the Supreme Court turned the case back. While black and Hispanic representation increased from 1% to 7 and 3% to 11, respectively. Coalition for TJ sued the Fairfax County School Board last year, arguing that the new emissions policy was discriminatory against Asian American students, which it is, 100%. U.S. District Judge Claude Hilton sided with the group and stopped the high school from using the admissions policy. It is clear that Asian American students are disproportionately harmed by the board's decision to overhaul TJ admissions. Currently, and in the future, Asian American applicants are disproportionately deprived of a level playing field in competing for both allocated and unallocated seats, Hilton wrote. They're not brown enough. That's the problem. They're not brown enough. Where is the racial outcry on this? Fox News. Tenured Canadian professor fired after saying BLM destroyed her university. Fox News. Canadian college's tenure-track position open only for women, transgender, non-binary, or two-spirit people. We have a job opening, and only these people are allowed to apply. Breitbart. Biden's DHS blocked GOP lawmakers from viewing U.S. Mexico border at night. GOP lawmakers wanted to see what was going on and they were blocked. Biden's top DHS officials intervened at the last minute to stop a group of Republican lawmakers from viewing the U.S.-Mexico border in the evening when border crossers use holes in the unfinished border wall to cross illegally into the United States. A delegation of Republicans, including Representatives Daryl Issa, Tom McClintock, Scott Fitzgerald, Cliff Bentz, and Victoria Sparts were set for a trip to view the southern border in the evening last week when Biden's DHS officials stepped in to block the visit. These are members of Congress being denied access. The Biden White House canceled our night trip to the border because they didn't want my Republican colleagues to see the flood of migrants, drugs, and trafficked children that pass through the gaps in the border wall that this administration refuses to close. The night visit was crucial for the Republican delegation because much of the illegal immigration on the California-Mexico border occurs in the evening. Large holes in the unfinished border wall, captured in exclusive footage by Breitbart News, show ideal paths for border crossers to cross illegally into the United States, specifically in the evening hours. 
The following day, when the Republican delegation toured the border with DHS officials, the agency made a note to clear detention space beforehand. For instance, at the DHS's Imperial Beach Station, only about 80 to 85 border crossers were in detention when the delegation arrived. The evening before, the station had more than 200 border crossers in detention. Yeah, 200 plus the ones that came over at night, so there were probably four or 500 people that should have been there, and they had 80. From GB News, historic black boy clock dubbed offensive racist relic sent to be torn down by council. A council is set to tear down the 250-year-old Cotswolds black boy clock after it was dubbed an offensive racist relic. The clock, which features a statue of a black boy in a skirt, it's one of those African skirts, okay, sits on the side of a grade two listed building named Black Boy House in Stroud, Gloucestershire. Stroud District Council said they would review the names of buildings, statues, and streets following the toppling of the Edward Colston statue during a Black Lives Matter protest in Bristol. Zero Hedge. Google rolls out feature that corrects you with woke, inclusive language. The company is to implement inclusive warnings on Google Docs. You know, Google Docs is like word processing. You, you type a document, okay? So this is what they were going to do suggesting that users refrain from using terms such as policeman. So if you're typing policeman, it'll come and it'll give you a warning. Don't use that word. Or landlord, because they are gendered. The warnings will alert users that what they have typed may not be inclusive to all readers, while suggesting users should consider using different words, offering woke corrections like police officer or property owner. The report notes, however, that even technical terms like motherboard Motherboard fall prey to Google's woke correction. When Googling John F. Kennedy's inauguration speech, Google suggests that it should be corrected to for all humankind instead of for all mankind. Lazar Radic, a senior scholar in the economic policy at the International Center for Law and Economics, noted that not only is this incredibly conceited and patronizing, it can also serve to stifle individuality, self-expression, experimentation, and, from a purely utilitarian perspective, progress. The feature on Google Docs, which could easily be shifted over to its search engine, is now on, by default, for what the company is termed enterprise-level users. Google has stated that assisted writing uses language understanding models which rely on millions of common phrases and sentences to automatically learn how people communicate. This also means they can reflect some human cognitive biases. Next article, Zero Hedge. After backlash, Google turns off Newspeak correction tool for now. Okay, they've temporarily taken it down. But the whole point of that is that Google Docs, you type something, and they're telling you not to say that. And the data for that is already in the computer. So all they need to do, if they want, is to transfer that to their browsers. And all of a sudden, you're browsing for landlords, and you can be told that's not appropriate. And all of a sudden, the internet itself becomes more woke than it already is. That's the goal there. Mail online. Russia's military has lost so much equipment in Ukraine, it will be incapable of fighting another war for years, analysts claim. Okay, one of my friends disputed that and he said blah, 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 but I put the title of this on CG News, is this holding off Gog Magog. 
Okay, and it's possible. They have lost a lot of armament. If you want to watch it every day, just go onto the internet and say, today's uh, bombings by the Ukraine. And you can watch them blowing up Russian tanks. Two of them, one bomb yesterday. It was great, great. Anyway, um, you can watch them all day long. Little one and two minute clips. One guy's standing out there with one of those, you know, handheld javelins and he shot it and down comes an airplane just yesterday. They're doing this daily, okay? Putin's failing war in Ukraine has seen Russia lose years worth of kit Experts say that includes so far as of, I think it was three days ago, this came out, 939 tanks, 185 planes, 155 helicopters and 421 artillery. That's a lot of equipment. Supplies are getting low and it will take years for Russia to rebuild, U.S. analyst says. Okay, I checked it out because we were talking about the cost of things one time and I was going with the lowest cost of like a, a, you know, a Cessna that flies in and does reconnaissance and figure a million dollars. But I want to know how much is a tank worth? And it goes about eight point five million dollars per tank. Now, multiply that times nine hundred and thirty nine tanks. The Russian planes go up like thirty five million for the the uh, jets and they've lost quite a few jet fighters. The helicopters, I don't remember. I, I checked and I don't remember, so I don't want to misquote it. But they have lost billions of dollars so far. And this is something I don't think that they expected. We were talking about this earlier is that they probably thought they were going to come in and the Ukraine was just going to say we give up. And so he, he's not going to turn back. Once you've engaged in something like this, you're not going to turn back. The pride steps in. So their morale, absolutely morale. So there's there's some negative effects and we'll see where it goes. But uh, without Libya in play and with them not being able to at least, you know, perform for a while, Gog Magog may be off a couple of years. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, that's a lot of equipment that's been destroyed. New 7. DeSantis vows to pass. Here it is. I'm so excited about this. I'm giddy. Vows to pass and sign into law constitutional carry gun legislation. I've been talking about this for how long? My friend Eric, who is here in Florida, he's been to this church several times. He's a lawyer and he's been trying to get this. He's got website out on it. He's got all of this information. He's up in, uh, I think he's in Jacksonville, but he's somewhere up in the north end of the state. And he's been working on this. And the first thing I did when I saw this was send him and another lawyer that attends online this. And I said, thank you for all your efforts because he has said he's going to now sign this into legislation. They have to get the bill to him first. So we want to make sure that we let our, you know, our senators and our representatives not waffle on this. Constitutional carry, and then you'll see me walking in with a, a gun holster and big guns on both hips and, yeah. Okay. Who said it? Had the doctrines of Jesus been preached always as pure as they came from his lips, the whole civilized world would now have been Christians. What? Had the doctrines of Jesus been preached always as pure as they came from his lips, the whole civilized world would now have been Christians. Who said that? Thomas Jefferson. Once again, Mr. Deist, he was not a deist, okay? The Jefferson Bible, see, oh, see, he hated the Bible and he wrote his own Bible. He did what he did for a reason. Does anybody know why he did the Jefferson Bible? Yes, he simplified it because he wanted to evangelize the American Indians. 
And so he, he didn't try to change the Bible. He tried to simplify it for a presentation that people would understand, which is what you do when you give people the gospel, the Romans road. You take this verse, this verse, this verse, this verse, and you say, this is the gospel that I want to present to you today. Okay. That's basically what he was doing. He was not trying to change the word of God. He wasn't an enemy of Jesus. He did that to evangelize this new world. Okay. Don't believe the lies that you hear when you hear these lies about our founding fathers. They were all Christians. Okay, I got a lesser cure for you. Now, Bugs Bunny would ask, what's up, Doc? Saying, we must be woke. What a crock. Changing these, those, and theirs is like splitting the hairs or like telling the sheep they're not flock. So much for Google Doc. Okay. I've got a couple of uh, ironies here for you from the CG report. Florida sheriff arrests his daughter during meth bust. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. It was somewhere here in Florida, though, but he arrested her, and they had both of their photos right on. He arrested his own daughter. That's a man of integrity there. Good job. And from Fox News, West Virginia man, he looks a lot like me, so don't go looking at this photo. He's like, he's a little strung out. I'm not, but Fox News, West Virginia man confuses meth for vehicle registration during traffic stop. Oops. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.